speaking with Andrew Henderson ahead of York's 2023 season, a little bit of an insight into yourself, Andrew. How does a man from Torquay end up in rugby league? <laughs> yeah, good question. Good question with an Australian accent now as well. <laughs> yeah, look, obviously, originally born in Torquay in Devon. Um, mum and dad decided at the time when I was eight to emigrate to Australia. So that's the reason why I'm now involved in rugby league because I discovered the game in Australia. Um, I think, like you said, had I not moved at the time I did, I probably never would have discovered rugby league um, or maybe not till now because I know there's a team based in Cornwall. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how the journey started. Uh, Growing up in Australia, discovered rugby league, fell in love with the game, Um, obviously uh, played over there for uh, a number of clubs uh, before I came over to the UK to play as well. So, obviously, I was a professional player there for 14, 15 years, predominantly spent most of my playing career over here in the UK and then uh, obviously went into coaching once I once I finished up retiring uh, from playing so but I was quite fortunate enough Paul that I was able to start the coaching journey whilst I was playing so in the sort of latter stages of my career I joined a club called Sheffield Eagles um, and part of my role there I was the player performance manager for three years and I, I had a handle of you know looking after the youth youth squads the the scholarship which was the under 16s I had a handle of the academy as well and in my final year at Sheffield, because I played there for four years, they, I was promoted to the head of, head of youth. So I then oversaw and managed the whole sort of youth department and helped set up the reserve grade team at the at the university as well. So I felt for me personally that that gave me a lot of really good grounding to set me on the coaching journey. And then it was off the back of that I joined the London Broncos. You know, after about less than six months, I was given the head head coaching role there. Progressed further there for th- what three and a half years, and then and then I was headhunted by the Warrington Wolves in the Super League as their assistant coach and I was there for four years running the running the defensive side of the game for them. At the end of the conclusion of that contract, I took up a different role. I decided to have a little break there for for a year from coaching. Um, I felt like I probably needed it, and it's you know it's a relentless sort of uh, industry, is the coaching world. And yeah, you know, there was a couple of coaching jobs available at the end of that year with Warrington in 2021, but I, I just felt uh, this project at Keithley Cougars, uh, which uh, which I went on, was was what appealed to me at the time. Gave me an opportunity to get a different bit of skill set, being ahead of rugby, you know. So I was able to mentor the young head coach there. Reese Lovegrove, who's you know, developed and, and grown over that 12 months into a, into a great coach, and um, was able to have a real influence on the infrastructure of the club, and and ultimately you know, the club at its best season in its history. You know, went undefeated in League One and promoted into the championship, so they're now our rivals. Uh, and then off the back of that, uh, you know, like I said I was headhunted by by the owner Clint Goodchild to to see if I'd consider taking the coaching job here, and, and certainly one yeah. I was very very excited about, and 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 obviously ready to come back into. A couple of points in there when you mentioned London. You had a great success rate against Featherstone. Please bring that. <laughs> yeah, let's hope, let's hope. <laughs> um, director of rugby at Keithley, like you say, it was it was a sort of a step backwards, uh, give you a different view. Mm. What skills do you felt you learned taking that backward step? Oh, look, it was just, it probably just gave me a little bit more of an insight into uh, club operations, you know, and obviously managing up, managing down, you know, the, the different departments, you know, type things. So obviously when I was there, albeit it was a, a League One club at the time I was there, you know, it still had a, a commercial department, it still had a... Um, 
you know, like a performance department to run. It still had a, a youth section, which I managed to get off the ground as well, albeit it wasn't a huge infrastructure, but there still were departments yeah. there to be sort of managed and, and, and brought together and uh, and obviously a job of having an influence on the team, obviously, and what we were doing uh, and obviously mentoring that head coach was, 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 was the primary sort of role as well as setting up all the sort of performance pathways mm-hmm. and dealing with all the recruitment retention as well. So that was, again, was another you know, good experience. I mean, I did have prior experience of the room recruitment retention stuff because when I was at the London Broncos as head coach, I pretty much ran all that mm-hmm. side of things as well as coaching. So, you know, I think that experience certainly helped me for this role too. Yeah. But, but yeah, again, it was just a, it was a different role. Um, and like I said, I think it, it's only just added to my skill set and given me probably more of a holistic now approach to, mm-hmm. to coaching. Andrew Henderson, the person, what drives you? What I find most rewarding is when I work with players and I see players achieve things that they didn't think they could achieve. It's the best feeling ever, you know, and obviously winning things, you know. I mean, when you see individually when you're working with players, being able to see them grow and develop as people and as players and achieve things, as I said, that they didn't think they could achieve, like I said, is a remarkable feeling. But then also having the ability to, to bring all those individuals together collectively for a common purpose and to achieve something special which they're going to be remembered for is pretty special too. And I've been pretty fortunate both as a player and a coach to have, uh, have experienced some of those memories of, of winning trophies and you know, whether it was playing or coaching and or even now as a, as a head of rugby, you know, I got to achieve that with, with Keith last year as league leaders. So, yeah, look, it's, um, it's, a, great, it's a great feeling. You can't beat it. It's, it's so rewarding, you know, and it's, it's a funny one. Yeah, this sort of coaching game, there's a lot of pressure. It's a roller coaster of emotions. You have ups, you have downs, but it's almost like a drug. The highs, you know, when you when you when you win, it's just it's amazing. It's just the best feeling ever, and it's more that that sense of achievement, you know. That but to see what what excites me is a. I think back to when I played and how good it felt to win things, and to see now as a coach and have an influence on, on a playing group and see them actually win it, that just brings me so much joy, you know. It's yeah. um, it's just a great feeling. But ultimately, deep down, you know, the, my whole sort of point or reason why I coach is, is to make people, you know, become better people and better players. And, and if I see, you know, them progress in the environment when they're working under me and, and if they go on to bigger and better things or, they be, yeah, they go back into life as, as better people, then I've done my job. Flip side of that is what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> 25 25 players yeah look it's um, what keeps me awake at night is is just probably thinking about what's coming next you know look you 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 never switch off as a coach you know I'll be honest with you you don't you've you've got um, you've got 25 to 30 players that you're thinking about them individually how can I help them what do they need to improve or how can I get them you know to the levels that we need to get them at you know you're always thinking about them and their lifestyle and what's going on with them Um, that never switches off Uh, and then obviously you're always thinking too about you know how's best to plan the team what's the prep going to be like what do I need do I need to change anything here you know what are the challenges we're going to be faced with logistically this week or what what are the challenges we're going to be faced with in terms of the, the team we're playing strengths weaknesses and you, you're trying to formulate plans and, uh, and then on, on top of that you're, you're managing like you said you're managing your staff you're managing how you operate day to day and yeah there's a lot you're also dealing then with the, with the board of directors the owners um, sponsors media people like yourself <laughs> You know, so it's a, it's a big job, and I, and I you know, and I think um, 
you know, I think people need to realise that, you know, it's a it's a, it's a a tough job as a head coach, you know, um, but it's one of those where I think only certain people are built for it, um, you know, and it's funny because people say to me, like, Kendo, what are you doing going back into coaching? Like, you're doing a great job where you were, and I said, mate, because I miss it. Mm. It's, it's funny, I'm addicted to it. I, 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 th- I love the pressure. I know it sounds, a lot of people don't want pressure in their lives, but I've missed that. You know, yeah. I've missed that that day to day, the challenges day to day, the challenges week to week, the challenges month to month, to do with everything, the recruitment side, the retention side, in the improvement of, of of players, trying to create an environment, a high performance environment to get to maximise what you can potentially do as a team and as a club. You know, um, looking at ways to improve the infrastructure off the field. I just, you know, I've missed that as a as a coach and those challenges. And um, we've got a fantastic challenge ahead of us here at York. I was going to ask about what makes you want to get up and go out especially when weather's like this but I think you've probably just answered it so um, looking forwards then in this uh, you as a person you've got a five year deal with York we all know Clint's sort of goals and how he's laid that out for the next five years yeah. have you set short and long term goals within that do they you know is it all about dovetailing with Clint yeah look obviously you know it's important that we're aligned you know as a, as both from the club side and the performance side you know I certainly I, I asked a number of questions of Clint when I first came in and, and obviously I think some of the answers that he gave me and the vision that he's presented to me um, certainly aligned with with how I like to operate and my sort of ethos so yeah no we are we're working very very closely together look don't get me wrong I know the challenges that I've had to take it on board as soon as I've walked in you know there's there's a number of things that you know are not ideal so to speak but I knew that coming into the job and obviously I know I've got the time to to make sure we can build on what is already yeah some good foundations here I'm not sort of having to work from rock bottom here you know there's already some good foundations but there's certainly areas within the club and within the performance side we can certainly improve and we're working extremely hard to improve. But in terms of goals, I've not set any at the moment. You know, my, my first thing was get in here. I need to use the first six weeks to assess what players we actually had available training and, and, and see where we're at. I've only really set a, a goal to the players to to be the best team at competing and, and that's that's all I want us to do at, at this moment in time. Unfortunately, Paul, we just haven't had the time on the ground. You know, we've had a number of players that were uh, injured, you had already sustained injuries from the previous seasons and um, you know, we've had to manage those through this pre-season. We'd obviously identified another couple of injuries from our medical screenings that were maybe missed last year, so that just added to the woes of the of the numbers and, and then there was a number of players have been granted you know, time off after the World Cup at different times. Uh, some were granted time to go back to Australia. Um, obviously our new signing, Josh Daly, didn't arrive till January either, so you know, you could argue we haven't had that cohesion as a group or that opportunity, I guess, to really build those combinations. But in saying that, I have had the time to be able to instill way we want to work and how we want to operate and uh, what we're expecting here uh, at this club going forward. Um, I think the group that have been here for the for the main part have, have really, really bought in and embraced, you know, what we're, what we're doing in terms of how we've programmed and structured things. But now with everybody back now in January, we've got, we've got a chance to really start to, to build those combinations. So I, I certainly know we're not going to be, you know, the, the finished product come round one. We just haven't had the time on the ground to, to do that. But if we can be the best team to compete and come round one I'll be happy with that Looking forward to the season then in reality you've inherited a squad you've had as you mentioned a few weeks training you've had one opposed session against Cass how's everybody shaping up? Yeah good mate look I think the ones who you know the ones who are currently injured are progressing well on their programs you know we've got a you know we've got a, a new medical team in place now and a new SNC team in place and um, you know like I said they've, they've been they've been fantastic you know in terms of organising and, st- and structuring the road to recovery for those guys and I've been really pleased 
countries that they, those players are brought into to those programs and are, and are progressing nicely. So that that's all going good. I think the guys who have been able to, to train have been fit and able. You know, certainly are, are all progressing. You know, I don't see anybody falling away. I think they've all grown. And that's the, that's the main thing from when I look at it from week one to week six. You know, the growth physically and, and also you know what they're what they're delivering with the ball as well has been there to see and have been evident, which is which is really really positive. Uh, as I said, it was our first. On Saturday, we had, a, like I said, a post session against Cass, and uh, we've not had an opportunity because we just haven't had the training numbers. We're operating as, as a lot of people will know, with a very, very small squad uh, this year, which is, again is going to have its own challenges to manage. You know, so we haven't had that opportunity to, to get any real sort of 13 v 13 yeah. stuff and, and really see where we're at. So I was really pleased that Lee Radford was happy to assist us with that on the weekend and and come up and, uh, and give us a hit out. And yeah, again, I didn't set any real targets. I just wanted to have a look at them, let's see what, what we've been working on in the last six weeks however be it we've had a lot of people training out of different positions and that just to, so we could sort of teach some of the things we wanted to do but yeah I thought we I thought we pulled up okay after that I was, I was pleasantly surprised I thought we I thought we competed for large parts of that it was um, we showed some good things I spoke to Andy last afterwards he was quite he was quite positive he said I thought you threatened us there a few times and you know I thought we looked fairly comfortably defensively on the whole um, you know so I was I was fairly fairly pleased for our first sort of yeah, genuine yeah, yeah. sort of opportunity to, to have a look 13 v 13 I, I thought we, we, we did okay but you certainly can't read too much and it wasn't a full game no, it was no, just no. A, tr- a training simulation really but on the whole I thought we we looked okay but there's mm-hmm. still plenty plenty for us to, to improve and work yeah. on and hopefully we'll be a little bit better this week in our friendly against Doncaster yeah. you sort of touched on that there about size of squad so you know this is what I think certainly the, the populace of York fans we've got 25 registered players 5 teenagers and 1 on long term injury do you feel we're a little bit light? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we are. You know, we certainly, we are, we are a little bit light. We've got, uh, I think actually now we've got, with Harry Price being on board, we've got 26, I think it is now, that are registered for this year. But as you said, we've already, we've got at the moment, uh, you know, a number of injuries. You know, we've at least got five players out currently injured. So, yeah, that takes you down to 21. And then you said you've got a lot of young young guys who are in the, what I class, the early stages of development, which is, you know, for me as a coach, you know, in an ideal world, you know, you'd like to have a development plan for those younger blokes where you can kind of drip feed them in and that's what I used to do when I was even at London you just blood them in in certain games you can pick and choose and you know and you, you aid in their development that way uh, we may have to rely on some of these young blokes to, to play more games than they should be which it's not ideal because I've got a duty of care to those players too from both the mental side of, uh, of the game but also physically you know what I don't want is, is young blokes at 22 years of age with shoulders hanging off and knees hanging off because they've been put under too much pressure and too much stress at a young age because the, the bodies are still growing at, at 18, 19 1920. Yeah, it, it, it's not ideal. Oh, I know that for a fact, Paul. But you know, at the end of the day, these are the cards that I've been dealt with, and I'm just going to have to navigate and manage that as best as best we can. And and I'll have to make some of those decisions throughout the year, if and when we do play some of those young blokes or not. But like I said, I think at, at the start of the year we, we may have to call on a few more of those for now. You know, we, we like I said with the, the number of injuries that we've had. I was going to ask about if you intended tweaking players and individuals and things like that, but I think you've already sort of touched upon that, and it's quite inevitable because. Your hand's going to be forced a little bit, but looking at a slightly similar line, is there any irons in the fires? There's talk of lone players, there's talk of dual reg, anything like that on the horizon? Yeah, look, I've um, 
you know, at the moment, we, we, there's nobody at the moment coming in. I've got a couple of young kids on trial at the moment. I've got a, a young bloke that was a Scottish Rugby Union International uh, Academy player. Um, he's here on trial at the moment. And I've got another young kid from Hewith on trial. So, you know, are they ready for first team action uh, in the championship with York Knights? Probably not. But, you know, there's some good development players there that could be in the future. You know, obviously having their men around just gives us a little bit more depth and a bit more numbers at training too, which helps with, with trying to progress the team as well. At the moment, I, I don't have any budget. I've, I've been told that, that there's no there's no budget to, to bring players in. You know, I'm trying to look at pulling some favours really from some people and uh, to try and see if, uh, you know, a couple of clubs can maybe support us with maybe loaning or dual registered players at, at no cost to our, our end, you know. So, but it's, it's, it's pretty difficult that, you know. Yeah. But but again, you know, there may be one or two there, you know what I mean? I've sort of broached it with Castle. Of it. I don't think they've linked in with anyone at the moment about potentially maybe trying to build a, a relationship there and linking in uh, with those guys to maybe give some some opportunities. And again, it's it's going to be one of those is if we need it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be just taking players from Super League clubs to come in because they're dictating that that's happening. It's got to be a case of it's got to work for us and it's got to work for them, you know, because ultimately I have a duty to the, the players that are signed for York first and foremost to develop those players with us and to give them the opportunities. But if I certainly feel after a few games that certain players aren't quite hitting the performance levels that we need to or what we expect um, or we have got injuries in a certain area and we don't have that strength in depth that I may have to, to try and call on uh, some favours from some people to try and help us out um, but ultimately my hands are a little bit tired at the moment Paul with uh, with lack of funds. Some of that is really good to hear you know we've York fans over the years have seen a lot of Jill Reg come in and we've seen players who really don't want to be here yeah. you know and, and to be honest you end up with 12 on pitch or 11 on pitch because yeah. then people just don't want to be and I think it is it's, it's a tough one um, but it is about getting it right for both sides yeah 100% and that with the same mentality when we look at our recruitment as well and our retention of players who are already here you know I want people here that are proud to play for York are proud to represent York and want to play for York you know what I mean and they want to be on this journey of of development as a club and as a team you know I mean obviously the aspiration for the club is to become a Super League club of the future I think we're, we're, we're building some great infrastructure off the field and putting some really good things in place and I think that's quite evident by the way Clint has come in and straight away he's just looked at the club hasn't he and he's grown that club operation mm. obviously to generate income which hopefully then can get reinvested back into the performance side that's clear to see you know the fact that we've grown the women's game the fact that we're now getting the wheelchair off the ground the PDRL off the ground you know I think it's it's evident that that, that infrastructure along with our training facilities here at York St John which are fantastic what a great partner they are and the support they give us you know this is a Super League standard training facility and our stadium LNER stadium is again a super League standard facility. So I think from the outside and certainly from the aspirations from the club is we want to be a Super League club, but we understand there's a process to get there and we have to make sure that we have everything in place in terms of infrastructure off the field as well as having the right product and the right performance department as well to allow us to not only go into Super League but be able to compete when we get there. So yeah, it is a journey and yeah, we're not there yet, but we've certainly there's a plan in place to and an aim there to get there. And I certainly think uh, you know at the moment currently we've got some some pretty good foundations to build off again totally agree i, I know we we mentioned earlier about a five-year plan everything that clint's done in the short time he's been here you look at 
Valkyrie where they're heading and they're now getting you know they're going to be the second ladies team to be paid yeah. you know so everything's sort of going down a certain road which is very evident I think the fans will also say we've enjoyed playoff success now for a couple of years do you feel under any pressure initially to match that or go better of course I want to go better you know what I mean <laughs> I like winning <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah listen I don't want to put any pressure on this team at this moment in time you know that I'll be honest you know I've they know what they've been they tasked with at this moment in time you know for, for internally they need to deliver on that first and foremost and then as as we grow as a team over the year then we, you know our targets and our things you know potentially will, will change they need to get the first thing right first you know what I mean once we tick that box then we can progress and, and aim for the next thing and uh, I don't want us getting ahead of ourselves we don't need to be looking at the the long-term sort of outcome you know the outcome will take care of itself if we get the process right which the things that we've been trying to instill within the group both physically and mentally over the last sort of six weeks and now coming into this final block of pre-season you know hopefully that will start the, the journey this year well and then we can keep progressing and building from there but I've not looked ahead to where we're going to finish, end of the year, all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to put that in the players' heads at this moment in time. That will take care of itself as we as we grow and progress as a team. So but I'm confident of that too. So, But ultimately, you know, if you're asking me personally, I, you don't play to lose, do you? So, you know, you want to win every game, you know what I mean? So we'll certainly be trying to prepare our team as best we can to compete and, and ultimately win, win as many as we can. I think last season, one of the things that a lot of fans will say is that our team was sometimes very functional. And we got to the quarterfinals, we played Halifax and we played a, t- a brand of rugby we hadn't really seen before or done before. Everybody loved Nobody expected it. Everybody loved it. The players came off bouncing. The fans were absolutely buoyant. I'm trying to probably lead into what is the Hendo style of rugby league? Well, my style is I like to play fast. I like to play... I like to play with the ball. You know, I like to move the ball, move the point of attack. You know, I do. I like I like playing rugby league. I like playing footy. So that's how I like to play. But ultimately, you know, you can't always play that way. You know what I mean? Sometimes conditions will determine that. Sometimes it's the playing personnel that you've got. So at the moment, I've come in here, I've inherited a squad. I'm still assessing them to, to work out their skill sets and whether they're going to be able to execute how I want to play. You know, I've got a style of play I like. Um, and I know, I know I know when I first went into London, I the first year I took that team on, I couldn't play my style. I didn't have the players. I didn't have the, the players that could play it. I had to play, um, you know, a, a different uh, style of footy just to almost, just to make us competitive and get us through that season until I was able then to have time to develop the guys that I wanted to retain moving forward or I felt had the promise and potential to play that way. And then I was able to recruit the people that I, I wanted to recruit that I knew would add value to that team and be able to implement what we needed so and then obviously we, we could grow and evolve off the back of that and that'll be a similar sort of thing here you know I, I know in my head how I want to play the game and I like to think to be honest with the with the skill set that we do have here the, the, and the way I do like to play I think we have got the ability to play that way I do need to see more, more of these guys on the field because ultimately you know a number of them haven't been here for most of the pre-season so I've not had a lot of time on the ground with them so but it's my job too to coach them I've got to coach them and develop them to to get up to that level to to perform the way that you know, I want us to perform but ultimately sometimes certain players have a certain skill set and, and whatever and, and there's that, that's the other thing as a coach you've got to look at what's their strengths because you have to play to your strengths that's the other thing you know it's one thing I've learned on my coaching journey that you, know, you can have a style of play that you like and you want but you've got to work with the playing group that you've, that you've got and if they can't 
implement that, then you have to play to your strengths. And what that is, then you, you might have to play a different brand or a different style. And ultimately, too, I, I do believe that throughout the season, you know, you do have to adapt your game because, you know, the conditions are different at the start. In the middle of the season, obviously, we can be a little bit more free-flowing because the conditions allow it. Back into the season, you know, coming into end of September, October, it's wet, greasy, you know, so your style of play will have to adapt uh, with the conditions too. So, but I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be able to bring you know, certainly this team will be able to bring, you know, an exciting brand of rugby league for the fans to enjoy. But ultimately, they have to understand that there's going to be some games where we're going to have to win ugly. Yeah. That's the facts. We've seen that as well. Yeah. <laughs> we were at Batley last year. It was dour, but it was great. Yeah. So, it's, you know, we, we get it. Really sort of rounding it up. If you were to I'll put you on spot a little bit, if you were to set yourself three goals for this season... Where would you look at setting three goals? Oh, that's a really good question. Are you looking at this more from a personal point of view or a team point of view? Either. I don't mind. You pick one of each. One for team, one for club and one for you. Well, I want us to be, as a team, the best team at competing. Me personally, to have a positive impact on both the club team and the playing group and the staff. And for the club to take another step forward towards being a Super League club. Brilliant. Right, thank you for your time. It's fantastic. All the best for Sunday and for the entire season. It's been great talking to you and I look forward to watching Hendo Brand.